0: Ian Shaw may be a name that is growingly familiar to Torontonians. If you've gone to see or heard about the stage production of The Shark is Broken, he took it to London, now bringing it to Toronto. It's the behind-the-scenes relationship between the three main actors in the iconic movie Jaws. His dad was Robert Shaw, who played Quint in the movie. Pretty um, <laughs> yeah, pretty indelible character. You can't make Jaws without Quint any more than you can without legendary chief Brody Roy Scheider's character so we talked to Ian about Toronto spending some time here the production itself getting back to work after pandemic restrictions halted uh, most live theater productions it's all on Toronto today it's such a unique thing as well to travel this and to be able to play you're playing your dad as a character and who gets to do that very few um, you know are so involved in the in the creative process of getting to do something like that. Ian um, congratulations on, on where it's gone.
1: Thanks, Greg. I really appreciate that. It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Um, you know um, it's, it's been a long journey. It, it, it was almost not going to happen because, you know, I'd, I'd had the idea for it, but um, it just seems such to me, such a bad idea Um, I mean I loved yours and I thought there was a story in there Um, but I didn't think I should necessarily have anything to to do with it Um, but you know life is strange um, and I have to kind of pinch myself that we're you know here in Toronto um, doing the show
0: and I'm going to ask you a ton about your uh, impressions of Toronto. We were talking about them before we started recording, but you've also got, I'll tell you two other actors who um, embody, I mean, to be honest, I've probably seen the movie 40 times and we've all at least, and we've all um, seen Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus in other films, um, but, and we've seen your dad in other films, but you've got you yourself plus the other two actors I think there could be a great three-way argument after the show as to sort of who's doing the best homage to that particular actor. um the The Scheider and Dreyfus actors, I'm telling you, because you already know this, are remarkable. Like it's remarkable. the um the physical expression, the vocal intonation. Um, it's not easy to pull off to go three for three in that capacity.
1: No. Dimitri Goitzus is is playing Roy. He hadn't seen the film. you know until the night before he auditioned so he was um in some ways he's maybe the smartest of us because he um Mm -hmm. was so quick to uh pick up roy's um you know mannerisms and uh yeah he's captured him and and liam murray scott plays richard Dreyfus and the tricky thing for liam of course is that um you know richard is um you know still with us and still, you know, um, mm-hmm. working and everything. And, um, uh, I think he's slightly petrified that, uh, Richard might pop in one day and, and watch the show.
0: He's, he's, he's the only one, uh, capable of getting an email, um, <laughs> a critical email yeah. about the performance. I, I suppose he's, he's the only one at risk for that right now.
1: Absolutely. But I mean, there is a lot of love in there, you know, from from the boys. They they they're huge fans of the film. And and um, it's it's it is an homage, although it is warts and all.
0: Yeah, the production is called The Shark is Broken. Uh, it's at the Princess Alexandra. You can go to Mervish.com, dot com. Find out more for showings in Toronto. Um, Yeah, the the idea of taking something so iconic and going so deep and so behind the scenes um we all love you know biographies on how a great album was made how how an iconic movie was made so we'll watch them on tv it's quite a different thing to present it on on the stage what a what a challenge as you said so you've had this idea for a long long time but it take it probably took a long time to put pen to paper and really bring it to fruition yeah i mean when i i
1: had a beer with a friend when i initially had the idea and i was expecting them to just completely shoot it down as as a as a ludicrous idea but but they didn't and um then i spoke to my family and, and other people and they all thought it was worth um you know exploring so i saw, i had a quite a heavy heart um writing it with joseph nixon who um who's the other person who really needs to be credited a lot you know he's he's, he's uh, the co-author um anyway long story short in the process of writing it it became clear that there was something very interesting and it was the sort of thing that i would like to see you know um a lot of contrasting ideas um you know we tried to make it funny but we also then thought that if people were laughing perhaps we could go a bit deeper um, and, uh, and talk about some of the more serious aspects of, of, of what went on and, and what generally goes on, I think, with filmmaking, um, or at least used to. I mean, people don't drink in the same way that Robert um, did, um, mm-hmm. but at the time, there were a lot of, of actors who, who, who were going through that. Uh, you know, essentially, they were alcoholic actors, you know,
0: yeah, it, it's it's one of those scenarios where, yeah, it, it has a, a time and place and it felt like 1974, or 1975 watching it. When you explain to other people why you think the film has persevered, you reference other other movies in the in the, you know, in that canon that the actors were involved in, whether it's American Graffiti or, um, you know, soon after Close Encounters, Dreyfus was in both those. But people my age, you know, people in their late 40s haven't seen those films as often as we've seen Jaws. We feel like we see Jaws. It's on TV. It's perpetually referenced in pop culture. Nobody thinks when they're making a movie like that, nobody does, that they're making something that people will talk about in 45, 50. Nobody thinks about any piece of art, an album, a play, a book, anything that people will be making such reference to it half century later. It's really rather remarkable
1: yeah I mean, my my dad would be flabbergasted if he if he was alive. Um, uh, I think even the producers didn't really know until they first screened it because they they feared that people would laugh at the shark, apparently. <laughs> um, so you know, um, yeah, it's one of those things that has become a sort of cultural reference point, I think. You know, for people, the first summer blockbuster, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful film, but it's a little bit more than that, because it seems to have sort of seeped into the sort of, you know, consciousness, the fabric of, of, of you know, uh, of like, that was 1974. It seems to sort of sum it up.
0: You're six years old when the film comes out or so, six or seven. What, what did you first think of it?
1: Well, I I didn't see it for a little bit later, but I was uh, I was still quite young and I was utterly terrified. I couldn't go swimming in a pool, Um, (laughs) you know, and I I tell the story of, of, you know, just being at night and feeling that there were sharks swimming around the bed and calling out for my dad, um, who I obviously knew. You know, it doesn't end well for him in the film, but I, I could understand it was just fiction. But sharks just felt very real and it felt that like they were out to get me, which I think a whole generation of, of kids felt, you know,
0: I, I think that, well, the play definitely resets the debate and some friendly rivalry among the three actors as to who the star is. But it got me thinking, watching you on stage with the other two actors last week, that the film doesn't work with just two of them. It doesn't. And it has to have all three. And we sort of, you know, man, how we feel kind of manifests ourselves. We, we manifest ourselves in all three characters. When we rewatch the movie now, we, we see the sides of the, the points of view of all three actors. If if suddenly one of them had disappeared halfway through filming, I, to me, they've got a problem. Steven Spielberg's got a problem on his hands. He's fortunate all three stuck with the, with the film because I don't think it works without all three.
1: No, it doesn't. But I mean, th- there's so many elements of that film that, that are um, astonishing. I mean, you know, everything. I mean, there isn't a wasted uh, moment in that film. You know, f- the the music, the the. I mean, and Werner Fields did an extraordinary job editing as well, because I imagine if you look at the rough c- cut of it, there's a lot of... Um, you know footage that's that's not necessarily great so i think and she won the oscar for that in fact yeah. but um yeah i mean the three performances as you say um it they they the chemistry of those three it it is um you know um perfect and and at, at the time i think that hollywood felt that um i think they were a bit snooty about the film you know and I think that it's in retrospect that all this, uh, all the plaudits, you know, not just from the fans and, um, you know, and and whatnot, but um, yeah, I think I think that we look back at that film and realize that it was much better than they realized even when it was released.
0: Well, I you I think you make a great point because if you run down the films that were getting critically acclaimed, then of course there'd be some some action films that would be critically. I mean, Rocky won Best Picture the next year. Uh, at the Oscars, but that was that was an outlier. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was very strange to take something that did great at the box office that people, you know, almost, you know, cheered at uh, during the movie that that had a, you know, almost a good versus evil struggle. The, the shark being the evil in this case. Um, but that wasn't a film that was getting a lot of critical acclaim or awards before before it happened. And it certainly created a genre of you've got, you know, you've got to be afraid of this. You've got to be afraid of this. this is before, you know, even Halloween. This is before there were even, you know, you know, conventional horror movies to to this extent. It, in some ways, some people probably still debate whether Jaws is a horror movie or not. Yeah. Um, what do you think? <laughs> it's close. That's a great, yeah. It's on the edge of that, but it's got, it's almost got so much story. Like I don't want to dismiss hor- horror movies can have a great plot and be really creative, but I think if you're constantly on edge and constantly afraid and it's the music and it's the calm of the ocean, and it's the atmosphere, and you're scared during 85% of it, that's a pretty good horror movie to me.
1: Yeah, what I find interesting about it is that it's so funny, too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of humor in it. And yeah. I think maybe that's another reason why people are, you know, are so um, affectionate towards it.
0: Ian Shaw is joining us on Toronto today on 640 Toronto. You can go to Mervish.com um, for tickets for The Shark is Broken. Let's talk about taking this to Toronto, how you came from the West End. You obviously had some interruptions with, uh, uh, you know, COVID-19, the response uh, to the pandemic. Unfortunately, theater, live theater, live music was felt like the first thing to close and the last thing to reopen. Really frustrating, I'm sure. Um, but you got it here and and saw this through to get it, get it to Toronto.
1: Yes, we, we started in a small theatre in, in Brighton in England, the Rialto, which is probably only about 90 seats. Um, and then we went up to the Edinburgh Festival, where it was, you know, um, maybe 250. Um, and so- Sonia Friedman, who uh, was our producer in the West End, saw it there and was confident enough to take it to the Ambassadors, which was maybe 450. Um, we're now up to twelve hundred at the Royal Alex, um, which is interesting. Actually, it's a lovely theatre, um, despite the fact it's twelve hundred. It's quite intimate, but I, I must say, I would feel—I don't know—I I mean, it, I almost feel that we wouldn't want to go any 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 bigger than the Royal Alex because it's a funny one that. But um, yeah, it, it feels that that's sort of, you know, the biggest that we could play.
0: So tell me about Toronto. When you walk around Toronto, um, it gets some comparisons to New York, but we, it gets some comparisons to London. Um, but we were speaking earlier, um, when you walk around, what do you, what do you see?
1: Well, where I'm staying, it is very like New York. Um, so there's every kind of food you could possibly want to to eat. And and that's and that's absolutely wonderful. And then I've spent a bit of time um, going out to was it is it Kensington Market? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's quite, quite different. Um, and I've been out to the islands um, again, very, very different. So um, it just feels like there's a lot of variety here. Um, and I've never been anywhere quite like it. So I'm I'm hugely enjoying my time here. And everybody's extremely friendly. I have to say that about the Canadians. They're extremely helpful and friendly. Um, in my experience.
0: We're not in the full uh, winter yet. I don't know how friendly we'll be in January, February of uh
1: <laughs> there's a heck of a lot of construction around there's I a lot.
0: I was just gonna say, yeah, I even looking to park the other night, I'm like, uh. Uh, But it hasn't listened. It hasn't hurt attendance. People are uh, are desperate to get to this particular show. And like I said, the the word is really spread about this, um, you know, this production and this this play in that people. I don't know that you have to be a, a massive Jaws fan. I think it helps. But you must get people you must get some people seeing it who aren't terribly familiar and can't repeat every line of the movie like I can. You must get people that I don't want to call are our are, uh, are noobs to Jaws, but there must be some that either it's been so long since they've seen it. It's a lovely refresher for it or just aren't as familiar with it. There have to be a few.
1: Oh, oh, for sure. We've we've had people come who haven't seen the film. And so they so they don't get the sort of Easter egg. um mm-hmm bits to it um but it doesn't affect it doesn't seemingly affect their enjoyment of it they they understand that that jaws is about three guys trying to kill a shark um and not kill each other um exactly um but they take it as a play about you know about movie making and about um three distinctive uh men at different stages in their careers um know clashing and and laughing and you know and and drinking and all the rest of that so um yeah i'm really pleased that um i mean i always say to them please what do watch jaws if you ever if you can because it's such a great movie but it it does seem that they get stuff out of the play without um jaws
0: you um you talked about the the mild trepidation you had um, in making it and making sure that with with family um, that it would be cool. But you really you can tell with you doing it. I mean, you hit your heart at the end at the at the at the curtain call and you can tell how emo- I'm sure there's some days and nights when it's more emotional than others to think about to think about your dad playing this role.
1: Yeah, it's very personal Um, I have no difficulty um, being focused before the show because it does mean so much. Um, I'm very, you know, I loved my father and I feel very respectful towards him. So it's it's a curious thing to, I, I almost feel like I have to ask his permission privately to... Uh, you know, to expose some of the more, uh, you know, the less complimentary aspects of him. So, um, you know, yes, it's a very, it's very, very personal and heartfelt.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 That first, that first scene with the nails on the blackboard. um, It gives me the chills every time in the movie. It's really something. It's really something how they introduce your dad in the movie.
1: Yeah, I often wonder about that. How they how they arrived at, at that because I I don't think that's in the novel, but I may have f- misremembered. Yeah. So I think they devised that. Um, but my father was very, you know, and I and I always sort of often imagine that perhaps he came up with the idea because he was not frightened of well of anything really. It almost feels like that's that's one of the most curious aspects of playing him is that he seems fearless um which i'm absolutely not um and i think scratching your nails down the blackboard (laughs) is something that that a fearless actor would do you know
0: yeah uh it was really something to see the show and congratulations on it and we're really really happy uh that you decided uh it was it was a great marriage to bring the show to toronto for uh, the time it's been here. And we've got a few more weeks, right? End of the month or, or into November with it? Yeah, we've got four more weeks. Yeah. Uh, so people can go to Mervish.com and uh, and see The Shark is Broken and find tickets there um, for performances. Ian, what a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. And again, congratulations. I know, you know you've acted in a lot of things, but I, I'm not sure anything's been quite so personal uh, to you. So thanks for talking about it with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate it.